0: Can I just say, in the past year of my life, I've referred to Meryl Streep and an adult woman said to me, who is that?
1: Meryl, auntie.
0: Who is this (laughs) adult? Hi. I'm Sonia, I'm... Single! Like, I mean, yes, but that's... That's not... Um, and... <laughs> <laughs> I'm an actor, I'm a writer, I'm an aspiring director and a producer. I go to NYU. I have two dogs whom I love more than life itself.
2: What are their names?
0: I, I don't have to say that. <laughs> that's private and personal. And what's private, private and personal is private, private
2: and personal.
0: Love you, Sonam. Hope you're well. Anyway, more importantly than any of those things, I am Mindy Kaling's biggest admirer. I had some misgivings about saying that because, like, I really mean it, guys. Like, biggest admirer doesn't even begin to cover it. I think I am to Mindy Kaling what Mindy Kaling was to Conan O'Brien. Like, if I got an internship at Kaling International or if I managed to get background work on any of her shows that she's doing now, I would, despite my best efforts, leave having made no connections and having done really nothing to jazz up my LinkedIn network or whatever it's called because I would I would have just been in awe of her and trying to get maybe close to her and I would need to dedicate my time after to becoming successful enough to be invited to do an Actors on Actors with her which might I add her Actors on Actors with Conan was so insultingly short it's just an 11 minute video the entire thing and she's just like I just I look up to you a lot and then it's over. Yeah. Regardless, at this Actors and Actors, I would be able to finally confess my admiration to her or something like that. And I think even the pressure of that would have not been awesome, which she did very well mm-hmm. in, right? I feel like that was not <laughs> coherent. I think it was. Ish. Okay. If you listen I'm vindicating, hi. I think that we have so much in common, and what we don't have in common is stuff that is complementary and what makes us compatible. And I think that it would be great for us to meet maybe even collaborate who knows I'm getting ahead of myself I want to say that I've spent a great deal of the hours in my life indulging in your body of work your written works your interviews your panels your tweets I actually did the math last night guys and I found out that I've spent at least 15 days of my life so like 15 whole days like 360 hours of my life watching the Mindy Project alone and I think it would equally benefit both parties if equally. we were to meet. Please don't interrupt me when I'm speaking. And yes, equally, okay? Because, um, like, okay, if she were to meet me and, like, allow me the chance to, like, be seen and see her, like, truly see her, I think she'd... And, like, you know, maybe even see herself in me. And she could be like, hey, I'm working on this. Would you like to shadow me, learn from me? Or, like, maybe we just have, like... Um, coffee, and, like, we just have, like, a really important conversation, like, one that's memorable for both of us forever, and then, um, she, like, I don't want to say handsome in my career, but, like, unable to think of a synonym at the moment, and in that process with me, she would just, she would feel so seen and valued and so many other <laughs> more abstract things that I don't have the vocabulary for right now, and I think that it would maybe even benefit her more than it would benefit me.
1: What? I
0: think I was with you until you were you know, symbiotically. <laughs> okay, fine. It's it's symbi- we can maybe it won't benefit her more. Maybe we can only cross that bridge when we get there. But I would I think it would at least symb- <laughs> when we get there. <laughs> if and if and when we get there. Okay, I've been saying that we have a lot in common, but you can't just take that on the authority yeah. of my saying that. So I'm gonna list some things that Mindy and I have in common. Okay. Okay. Number one. And you should know that this is a very vulnerable thing for me to share, okay? I would not just be seeing this on a public platform where anyone could access this information. Yeah. But I am 5'4", and so is Mindy Kaling.
1: But she doesn't look 5'4", she looks like 5'2". What? Yeah.
2: Also, I feel like that's not a real height. 5'4"? I feel like there's 5'3", and then there's 5'2", there's 5'5", 5'4", that's not, the hu- human beings don't. Human beings don't
0: grow that yeah, much? They, How do they get to 5'5"? Five, five? That's, they grow past it. Not in my case. Also not in Mindy's case. We're both 5'4". Okay. We oh, like, <laughs> on we're only five, four. two people in the planet who are 5'4". No, I feel that way with like men when they're like, yeah, I'm 6 feet tall. I'm like, you're 5'11". So, we're both 5'4". <laughs> we both have cancer moons.
2: As do I.
0: Yeah, and what a rocking moon it is to have. True. Part of what did you say when I revealed to you that I was a Cancer
1: moon? I said makes sense. And why? Because you walk into a room and you just get it.
0: We also both have our Mars and Taurus, which I'm sure means something. And also, guys, I am an Aries sun. She's a Gemini sun. And as a Google search revealed to me... I'm quoting, Aries is a perfect Gemini soulmate.
2: I can attest to this, because I'm a Gemini. Yeah. And I have several, and by several I mean two very close Arieses in my life.
0: Very heavy on the very. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, we both look great in green. We're both not thin, and not like, I guess traditionally like, plus sized or anything. We exist somewhere in the middle in a way where like, I think we both have an awareness of it, and maybe like variations of, like, um, acceptance and aspirations within that that have kind of influenced the tone of maybe who we are as people, the kind of jokes we make, the kind of jokes we don't make, etc. True. We both read The Very Hungry Caterpillar growing up, which not a lot of people can say. Yeah, niche
2: book.
0: Yeah, very niche book. (laughs) (laughs) We both have lived in New York City in our 20s. My 20s is right now. Hers was a little while ago. She lived in a railroad-style apartment, and I will be living in a railroad-style apartment in a matter of weeks. So. Right? Because um, he signed the
1: lease,
2: Which was a very hard process. I don't want to talk about yeah. it.
0: We both are also actors and writers. Both things I used to be in theory and say with reluctance. But now I can say it, like that I actually am. Everyone clap. Those are things that I can now say without flinching. She believes in bed sharing with best friends. Which so do I. And a lot of people are very against in a way where I'm like, why? I'm
2: against those people.
0: Yeah, True. Also, guys, 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 hold on to your seats for this one, okay? Hold on to your hats and your seats. One hand each. Mindy Kaling has been on The Colbert Show, not The Colbert Report, on um, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert many times and The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon many times. I have been a member of those live studio audiences. And guess what, guys? I, when The Fluffer came out on The Colbert Show, um, I was an audience member who got picked each time that I went. And the first time... They were talking to me, and they were like, ah, Stephen's coming out now. I'm so sorry. Like, it was, I wish we could talk all day. And the second time, I got called onto the stage, and he was like, where are you from? And I was like, Mumbai, India. And he was like, whoa. Whoa. Yeah. And he was like, what should we do if we come to Mumbai? He gave me this mic, and he just left the stage for a little bit. And I had to be like, um, walk around South Bombay, eat, come visit my house. I that's not what I said. That's what Dipika has said. But I feel like that's kind of what I said and I think that's good advice yeah Yeah. and then at the the tonight show in the break Jimmy Fallon was like does anyone have any questions and he came up and he was asking us that and I told a little jokey joke which I'm not gonna share because I'm gonna keep that between Jimmy and me and whoever was in the audience that day because it's
2: private and post private and post
0: (laughs) so like we've both been interviewed on these shows like have spoken on these shows so kind of giving co-stars no? yes anything else or is that the
2: list? no there's
0: one more very important one And it's that we were both each named after characters in a TV show. Mindy was named after, it's not her first name or anything, it's her middle name, but it's basically what she was called since she was born, Mindy. And she's named after Mindy from Mork and Mindy, which was a show, a sitcom that ran from 1978 to 1982. And it was based on a really successful episode of Happy Days. It's like a spinoff to that. And 1982, and add some change, what year do we get? 1985. What started in 1985? The Pakistani serial, Tanhai. Which, by the way, I read the plotline for the show and I really want to watch it. It's about two sisters who, oh, I don't remember what happened. <laughs> <laughs> and it ran from, guys, 1985 to 2011. What a, first of all, what an impressive run. Second of all, what year came after 2011? 2012. Brilliant answer, Kian. And what else happened in 2012? The Mindy Project began. <gasps> Right? I was as shocked as you are. And the similarities do not end there. For instance, Mindy's career really began at an off-Broadway play that she wrote and started with her friend, Brenda Withers, where they both played um, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Mindy played Ben Affleck. It's called Matt and Ben. It was part of the New York International Fringe Festival, and I think it won. And um, that was in the year 2002. What else, you might ask, happened in the year 2002? My birth. Right I, for the record, my book. Absolutely. And for the record, not part of spoken.
1: Young and not old.
0: Yes. I feel like enough time has passed and you guys have spoken yeah. enough time oh. that it's like inappropriate that I haven't introduced <laughs> you. So, Kian, would you like to introduce yourself?
2: Absolutely. I'm Kian. I'm Sanya's high school friend. But I feel like I've known her way longer hmm. because... I, I don't know, I feel like we've had a similar life somehow in the sense that We've been background characters in each other's photos and videos and memories but we just hadn't met yet. Yeah. Because we went to the same classes, mm-hmm. played at the same parks. Bina Maybe... made
0: both of our birthday cake.
2: Maybe we were also at the same birthday parties. And you know I'm not sure birthday, no? like 45 kids used to come? Yeah, like everyone's like,
0: Is people used to bring their cousins. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> exactly. For sure. But also, who are you? Who am I? Yeah. I am 20 years old and I'm a Gemini, just like Mindy. Yeah. And I'm going to segue into introducing my brother, <laughs> Malzal He's
0: not Kian's brother. We
2: are going to, at some episode, stay tuned, explain how I'm biologically
0: his half-siblings. You guys are not siblings. I understand genetically...
2: We're half siblings and I'll explain
1: (laughs) it on my Instagram account, follow me. Her public Instagram account. Correct. Yeah, she's Shane. My name is
0: Parsif. Hi, Parsif.
1: I'm at the nubile age of 18.
0: You're going to be 18 for one more week.
1: (laughs) I don't know how to do my under eye concealer and Sanya never fails to tell me that.
0: I just want what's best for you.
1: (laughs) I have known Sonia for a few years. Fewer, fewer years were, than
0: Kian. Fewer no. years
1: than Kian. And we were thrusted into a friendship. At a... Please use another word. No,
0: no. Let's yeah. 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 we, were, we were
1: thrust into a friendship at a theatre festival.
0: I feel like you yelled thrust.
1: Because we're both annoying. <laughs> that was my introduction.
2: I think our friendship also really began at Ista.
0: The same festival, at the same festival of you were for. I agree. Guys, oh, shout out to ISTA. Yeah, um... Okay, Kian, Parthiv, what were each of your introductions to Mindy? Personally? Hmm.
2: Because who else is... I don't what know what who else <laughs> you'd speak for. Yeah. Um, I don't recall, actually. I think it was when... I think it was the office, hmm. but I feel like I had some sort of awareness of Mindy
0: before that as well. Maybe okay. it
2: was the snippets of the Mindy project that I was seeing, but I never really like, looked into it.
0: Okay. Uh, wait, have you... But you've seen it
2: now I've watched it now I'm a fan so Paisi and Sanya would talk about it all the time and then I was like this is kind of (laughs) exclusionary and then I watched it and then I was guess what included
1: my introduction to Mindy was probably when I was around 13 or 14 and it was the Mindy project every Wednesday with my mother and we sort of got hooked onto the show she hated it but she loved it too
0: so real not for me I just loved it no one wants to know what my introduction was what was your introduction, Sanya? I'm so glad you asked. She's never watched anything. I actually don't know it. who Mindy King is. <laughs> no. um, I I don't know. I feel like I've always had an awareness of her. It's probably been through the office. But I think um, if I had to identify a uh, time when I became cognizant of her, I would say it was when I was like a tween. And the Mindy Project promos were coming on TV. Which I really... Like, put my back into interpreting <laughs> those promos. I was like, oh, got it. She's a spy who's <laughs> pretending to be a doctor, which is, it like, with no medical training, just spy training. Like, she's being a doctor to patients. But also, like, what about her love life? And I was like, <laughs> that seems like a distraction. And then I found out that this was, like, not a Charlie's angels yeah. situation after all. She was just a doctor. Not in a bad way. I don't know I said just. But anyway, I will say, Kian, to your point about your awareness of her, and I would be like, oh, I'm making a podcast about the Mindy Project. People, people's first responses are, "Huh," <laughs> not like, "Who?" Which can I just say? In the past year of my life, I've referred to Meryl Streep, and an adult woman said to me, "Who is that?"
1: Meryl, auntie. Who
0: is this? Why? <laughs> We're gonna keep that. <laughs> but yeah, everyone seems to know who Mindy Kaling is, although people don't like. Like, treat her like she's like wow like a celebrity yeah. people are like oh Mindy Kaling, she's yeah. at the Gala. how sweet you know yeah. I'm like Guys, she has so much money she's done so much work relax but anyway people have an awareness of her but also a lot of people like will have had this awareness of her and not really gotten into the things she've mm-hmm. done or like kind of have overlooked them and if they have gotten into them if people watch the Mindy Project from what I know it's was logic because it was on tv or because they're like wow She is an Indian woman and I am an Indian woman. But I feel like they all kind of moved on. And I feel like ever since I have discovered Mindy Kaling at the ripe early double digits age, whatever it was, that I happened upon her, I've kind of just like been there. Like I watch everything she does. I read all her books. And I watch the Mindy Project like once or twice a year. There's something so gutturally funny about her. But also there's so much depth here if you're willing to look at it. I don't know. I just feel like there's something that keeps bringing me back to her and that, that was worth exploring but also worth being like, hey, this is not something that we should overlook. I think it's good. Um and that's why I think that even if nobody else believes me about this, I think that um if I met Mindy Kidding, regardless of, you know, talking about her actual work, I would Like, I would love to talk to her. I think we would have a great conversation. However, I have the same fear that I have with a carefully selected handful of other people who I look up to. Kian, you know who some of them are. Mm -hmm. Um, That if I ever met her, I think I would try to, like convey to her as concisely as possible and concision is not my gift like all the ways in which I see her and think she's great and everything but also the ways that I am great within that and why we would be able to be friends and if would freak out and she would hate me and in order to combat that I have decided instead Mindy that I will try to slowly and thoughtfully reflect on and examine your work you and the space between us that this work inhabits with the completely transparent intention of making that radius smaller
1: And you're choosing to do this as a podcast.
0: Which I feel like we need to acknowledge that this is a podcast. (laughs) I agree. And why
2: this is a podcast.
0: I agree, I agree. Because
2: this could very well not be a podcast, but it is, and we're happy about that.
0: True. All true things. Okay, so I think the implication within the form of a podcast is that I enjoy the sound of my own voice, which is a male activity for men. True.
1: You also don't really, like interview people or have a co-host yeah it's
0: more that i was like can you guys be in the room please and i also understand that at this moment in time like we live in a world where i think snl has made a sketch about like how anyone makes a podcast about anything because of how accessible it is to do that but how people think everything they have to say is so interesting but i think that this is actually interesting and not given its time and my intention is not to be like hey guys go stream the mindy project which by the way while i was watching yesterday netflix said Last day to watch on Netflix, August 31st. What? what? I agree. But that's not my point. People are still Okay. Who owns the word Gold Boss in this day and age? Shiva Baby. Yeah. And who's in Shiva Baby? Rachel Sennett. Um, and what movie is Rachel Sennett in? Like what is her most recent A twenty four movie, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies? And what is her character's occupation in that film? Podcaster. Exactly. So do I have rights?
2: absolutely
0: right okay also and more importantly this is less of like a podcast and more of a an open love letter to mindy and mindy alone um and in this open love letter through these reflections dissections whatever we're gonna cover themes like the influence of romantic comedies on her repertoire
1: body stuff
0: female friendships and motherhood, high and low art, among many, many, many other things. Today we will be discussing framing the Mindy Project and the influence of romantic comedies. Now, what, you might ask, does that mean? It's an idea that applies primarily to the first season, particularly because of how she opens the show. And while I'm on the subject of the first season, I have two things to say. Number one, what a banging season of television amazing 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 no skips actually one skip in my eyes the danny's trend episode Mm -hmm. but other than that
1: no i love that episode and i feel
0: like it's a hate crime that you don't like okay it is it's not a hate crime crime. that's a bit theatrical however um if you had to pick a skip it would be that one anyway (sighs) the second thing i have to say is I would like to acknowledge that in my analysis, dissection, whatever you want to call it, of the Mindy Project, as part of my examination of all of her work, that Seasons 1 to 3 and Seasons 4 to 6 are different shows. Correct. A la Glee. Completely different shows. (laughs) Okay? I thought
2: we were going to do the whole (laughs) podcast without mentioning. I
0: thought it was never discussed. Also, I don't think I am able. But yeah, completely different shows. And I have a theory that I came up with. Would you like to hear it, Kian? Spit it out. So... In season one, there's an episode where Mindy meets a man at a bookstore, an architect, which, as Danny says, only exists in movies. How yeah. does he think that the building in which they are they just has come? He, it was already there when he got there. He, yeah. That's what he needs to consider. God makes that. <laughs> makes... Guys, do you know how what I thought orphans were when I was younger? Because Annie was one of my favorite movies. And I thought that, you know how like... Um, <laughs> Not to be insensitive to orphans, just my parents didn't explain to me that some people don't want their children or can't keep them or die or whatever. And I was watching Annie when I was very young. So I thought, like, you know how, like, um, ivy grows on the side of buildings and all? No. There's no way! <laughs> I swear, I thought they were just, like, found Guys, in nature. This, to
1: this. <laughs>
0: I'm sure they are. Seth Myers, season one, is this man an architect? In season, I want to say, five, maybe four, when Mindy is at her... Guys, we're going to talk about the whole show. And if it, for some reason... Actually, this is just for Mindy. If this is a spoiler to you, be better, do better. Right? Yes. This show has been off the air for many years. Also,
2: if it's a spoiler to Mindy, what's going on? I think she'll enjoy <laughs> if it's a
0: spoiler to her. Seasons one to three different show, because Seth Miser, and then he appears as himself in the seasons four to six arc because they fictionalized that his dog, Frisbee has gone missing because of the reckless action of the spring-breaky girls who have come to Mindy's fertility practice. Therefore, in the seasons 1-3 to three universe, Seth Meyers does not exist. In the seasons 4-6 to six universe, he does. But I digress. The idea of romantic comedies and its structural use, its references, um, it's really applicable to the first season, but also it's a recursive theme, idea, concept, if you will, that manifests through the rest of the show. So, Allows to set the scene. This is the opening of the Mindy project, which by the way, guys, I was looking for the script of it last night so I wouldn't have to like transcribe the episode. And I accidentally found an early version of the script in which Mindy's name is Mira. Huh?
1: think da- a little bit
0: of gag. Danny's name is Clayton Brooks. Ew. And Tom's name is in the script Most Appealing Guy, which is like kind of like a <laughs> predecessor. Right? Predecessor Hot Priest match. Yes. Amazing. She starts the show with like a child watching the TV and this music that's kind of like dun, 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 you know <laughs> and there's a child watching the TV and she's like you have an idea of how your life is going to turn out and basically it's kind of a mini montage that shows that all she did growing up was watch rom coms. so when she's really young in the montage it says when I was a kid all I did was watch romantic comedies in our living room while I did my homework.
1: She continues aged up a bit. When I was in high school Tom Hanks was my first boyfriend.
2: And then there's a shot of young adultish looking people partying and she says, in college, everything changed. No supervision, total freedom. And then it pans up to her window where she's sitting just basically in the same way and the VO continues. I could watch romantic comedies whenever I
1: wanted to. And then it shows her in a hospital where she says that when she became a doctor, she had no time for any distractions. And it's a very brief scene where she kind of gets overlooked for a delivery or something in favor of Danny. So she's sad enough to woefully look outside the door.
0: And that's when she saw him. And guys, the hymn is literally Bill Hader. <laughs> they have like a meet cute in the elevator. Like she's in the elevator, he enters and she's like, oh my god, it's happening. And he's like, what? And she's like, it's happening. Like I love when the elevator starts <laughs> to do its thing. And then, you know, she has a moment where like she drop- he drops all his papers or she does and they're helping each other pick it up and... Her hair comes undone and the elevator stops and she's like, wow, this is my meet-cute moment, it's happening. And
2: as she's unfolding her story, a voice interrupts her narration to ask what this has to do with her trespassing while intoxicated and prompts her to reveal that Tom got married
0: last night. Tom is Bill Hader, so that wasn't clear.
1: Then she bikes into a swimming (laughs) pool and talks to the Barbie on the floor of the swimming pool who tells her to get it together and then she starts to cry and what, which is... (laughs) Something that Sanya
0: would do. Also talking to her. I do not know how to ride a bicycle. <laughs> I could see myself crying underwater if I had the courage to open my eyes. <laughs> it kind of continues with her like explaining that happen and kind of, I don't want to say dramatically, but like, this is how she sounds. She says this. She says, this is not where I should be. Like, and I think the transition from like, you have an idea of how your life is turning out to this is not where I should be. And then the sheddits come up, okay? And it says the Mindy Project for the first time ever in the show.
1: Then, subsequently, Gwen bails her out. Gwen, the best friend who's played by Pitch Perfect actress,
0: Anna Camp, And she did this in Pitch Perfect in the same year, yeah. guys. And she met her husband, now ex-husband, in that year. What a year for Anna Camp, who very soon got booted off this show.
1: <laughs> Shout out to her.
0: And then she says,
2: did you think Tom was just going to ditch the wedding and run off with you, like your Catherine Heigl? Your life is
0: not a romantic. Home. Now, given that this is how she's starting her show, I would say framing it. I think that I have grounds to be a little, what does that mean? You know about it? Yeah.
1: But also like watching and then re-watching the show, it also makes a lot of other things make so much sense.
2: And coupled with the sheer density of rom-com references, both those explicitly made by the characters and in the structure of the narratives or the character dynamics, Hmm. I think that it's fair to give it importance in understanding the show.
0: I agree. I think that this influence dominates the tone of the mini-product in a way that Extends beyond like artistic influence or like mere reference or even like a starting point for like how she wanted to do her show. I think it indicates the view or the framework within which she has moulded herself, rearing its head in the references and the plot lines that pay homage to these films. However, I think what makes her use of this particularly noteworthy is her insertion into the rom-com world. Have either of you read um it's it's called A Visit to a Small Planet by Eleanor Fuchs. Uh-huh. Okay, so in my intro to theatre studies class, there was this essay that we had to read and then apply to a reading of a play. And it's called A Visit to a Small Planet. And basically, it's a way to read a play. So you treat the play as the small planet. I would say that it's like, rather than understanding it through Aristotelian means, you have to see like, what is there in front of you? What is the world of the play? What is the social world of the play? Mm-hmm. In what patterns do figures organize themselves? How do they manifest? What changes? But also, very importantly don't forget yourself in that so by kind of entering the sphere even as a spectator how does that affect the world of the player and so I think when we're considering that for the Mindy project particularly the social world and like what patterns emerge and different things like that she's inserting herself into a planet let's say of romantic comedies and in that planet people who look sound feel like Mindy don't necessarily inhabit the role that she is giving herself in this show and because of that I think things change and the way that that world operates varies from what she has understood it to be as a spectator.
1: And when we say she do we mean Mindy in the show
0: or? Okay so I think that I'm largely speaking to Mindy in the show because I'm talking about things that happen within the show but also it's a character named Mindy in a show that she has written. And I understand there's some extent of, like, artistic liberty or whatever there. But also, there has to be... Like, this cannot be informed without having any part of that lived experience, you know? So, I'm not going to speak largely about Mindy caring as a person and what she aspires to and what she's insecure about as much as the character. I mean, mostly Mindy Lahiri. Who, by the way, Kian, she called Lahiri because of Jumpa Lahiri. Oh! Yeah. And she used to have a blog in like 2003 or four, and her pen name was Mindy Efron. And she was like, I'm the long lost sister. And I recently found out, guys, that Nora Efron was a fan. Mindy gave her book to, like, she sent it to Nora Efron, and she really liked it, but Nora Efron passed away before the Mindy Project could ever air. Oh, no. And, like, there's a lot of Nora Efron influence <laughs> yeah. in the yeah. show, even though there's an episode in, like, what, season three, where she's talking about when Harry met Sally, and she's like, Danny, did you know a woman wrote this movie? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. So, I digress. I was talking about homage to these films, and one example that comes to mind before anything else, immediately, is a two-part episode in season one, titled Harry and Sally and Harry and Mindy. Let's walk through it gladly.
1: Harry and Sally, season one, episode thirteen. What a good f- mm-hmm. episode!
0: First of all, before like before we get into anything, this episode is this this episode is important for many reasons. But one of them is that this is the birthplace of a brilliant lion. Best friend isn't a person, Danny. It's a deer. Everyone and clap. She was so like <laughs> right about it. Yeah, because it is. Because there are people in this world who lack this fundamental knowledge. Kian, you have a lot of really nuanced, mature and interesting takes on friendship and what it should be that the world is not ready for yet and i agree with all of them thank you you're welcome
2: oh also bj novak is a consulting producer and he plays a jamie
0: who is our harry in question
1: in this episode mindy is in a friends with benefits situation with brendan delorier played by by, yeah mark duplass and she asked him to go to a party the next night but he's like no thanks wait
0: then they're lying in her bed which is like with like there's like a saucepan. Yeah. And like a, a knife. A knife. <laughs> lots of like <laughs> which things which. Use a
1: knife,
0: yeah, okay. But like I will say again similarity. Not when I'm at home, but when I'm in college, I sleep with an absurd amount of paraphernalia on my bed. Sorry, as you were saying, she asks him
1: to go to a party the next night, and he's like, No.
2: And then she brings a
0: friend from the so, aforementioned best friend, Dior. Yes,
2: and then that's where she meets Jamie, who is a Latin professor and who appears to be as they say on Facebook in a relationship
1: they start talking and the conversation is so good it's what people call a repartee and Jamie then asks Mindy out but she's like Oh, I have enough friends. I should start looking for a capital M man. Mm-hmm. And then
2: he's like, you really don't feel anything here? And Mindy's like, oh, what about your girlfriend? At which
0: point Lucy appears only to sit on Jamie's lap as she <laughs> reveals that they're actually just good friends. Although, for those of us at home with the nose for subtext, it is apparent band that is more of a, as they say on Facebook, it's complicated.
1: Kian also very astutely pointed something out. Mm-hmm.
0: She's a redhead. Uh, why does she need to be a redhead? Because she is a villain and Mindy is a woman of color, so they had to make her a redhead.
2: Also, when Jamie says that they're gonna go out together, Lucy says, I love that.
0: But
2: <laughs> redhead is hanging on his lap.
0: True. Mindy then goes into the office and she's like, guess who I'm going out with? Jamie. To which everyone basically unanimously responds, <laughs> Jamie, Jamie from, from Jamie, Jamie and <laughs> Lucy.
1: And Mindy's like, no, they're not together. But everyone's like, no, they're like, when Harry met Sally. And Mindy's like, no, I'm Sally. And they're all like, no, you're the woman who says, I'll have what she's having.
0: Rob Rhino's mother. Which, by the way, guys, that is deep. (laughs) They're like, this is such a foreshadowing moment. Like, it's funny, yes, but it's also, like, essential, you know? Uh, Anyway.
1: Anyways, Danny has been dumped. And Mindy tries to convince him to get his girly-pirly back (laughs) with a big romantic gesture, like in the movies. With the big overtures.
2: Which obviously was horribly wrong for him because he's Danny and doesn't listen. Later, uh,
1: Mindy and Jamie go on a date.
0: And the conversational chemistry is one for the books. It's banging. Banging indeed. And then Mindy gets a text from Brendan saying, come over, Full stop. <laughs> <laughs> Which she ignores because she's finally getting a real like love story.
1: She then asks Jamie why he and Lucy never got together. And he's like, look, we've known each other for like 15 years. If it was going to happen, it would have happened.
2: But all it takes is for Lucy to send over a bottle of wine.
0: Which, can I say,
2: was a bit much. Like, focus on your own evening. Yeah. And for Jamie to get stuck in a phone conversation with Lucy for so long, then Mindy leaves without him noticing enough to even stop her. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so then Mindy's like, whatever. And then she goes to Brendan's. Hmm. And she's like, hey, maybe this is nice. Maybe, like, maybe I like him. But then later, she goes to the movies with a friend and then she sees him there.
0: With... Another woman named Zaw. Zaw. <laughs> Zaw. And this is really important to our argument at all. And we're not mentioning every line in the episode. However, this really stayed with us. Mindy goes, oh, Zaw, what's that short for? Pizza? And Brendan <laughs> says, no, she's a refugee. <laughs> Which, like, <laughs> <laughs> that? does not answer the question. 2nd of we're like, wow. He's like, what a character, what lines he gets. When she's trying to go away to Haiti, He was like, hey, Mindy, I think it's really admirable that you're doing that. It's totally something I would do. <laughs> so good oh, oh he also
2: introduces her like Mindy by saying we work in the same building but her friend kind of helps her realise that uh, they don't really like him anyway and he's just filling that space yeah
0: she was just looking for a love story and trying to make this one
1: now she has to get Jamie back and decides on a big romantic gesture goes to his classes dressed up as Indiana Jones <laughs> which moment for that yeah moment moment for Mindy Anna Jones correct that was very clever
0: and a moment for her stunning side profile. What dad. a stunning side profile she has.
1: So she yeah. goes,
0: she asks for a second chance, he agrees. And then after she leaves, he sits down, you know, kind of feeling good about the whole thing. And he looks over to a student of his and he says, cute, right? <laughs> Which, and then episode over, sweet, right? right. Ah, wrong. Because this is a two-part episode for a reason. Right. Part two.
1: That brings us to episode 14 of the same season, Harry and Mindy. We open with inserts of the Empire State Building and Mindy narrating about how like it's the most romantic place in the world and telling us about her ritual where she goes there every few weeks.
0: And basically, she gets taken into an interrogation room and she's kind of being profiled <laughs> while totally oblivious to the fact. She says things like, yeah, I'm here to meet um, my special person and when I do, I just know it's going to be fireworks. We're going to spend eternity together and it's just going to be like, Boom! I don't know. I'm just a true believer. And the guy's like stressed out. And he's like, do you understand why it's concerning for you to be saying all this to me, right? And then he's like, Homeland Security. And she's like, Homeland Security, that's a cool show. <laughs>
2: what a cold open. Yeah. Uh, So basically, after this, Mindy goes into the office where Danny is obviously a mess because of his breakup. And also, Valentine's Day is around the corner. When Mindy announces plans with Jamie, to which Danny says intuitively (laughs) jamie from jamie and lucy god that's a great (laughs) car
0: i also think that the valentine's day detail is cute because like kelly and ryan in the office got together (laughs) on february 13th for the first time also jamie being a latin professor is sweet because mindy certain sources are like she studied playwriting she studied drama she studied classics she studied latin but latin is one of the four contenders i also just think that all of those things are like cute details i enjoy including um her use of like a plane as a setting for romant- for the main romantic relationship in this because she writes a chapter about BJ Novak where um, there's a moment on a plane. Sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then Jeremy's like, aren't you worried about the incredible chemistry they seem to have? And Millie's like, they don't have incredible chemistry. We have incredible chemistry.
0: Guys, what if every time we did a Jeremy quote, we were like, That's aren't good. you worried about that? <laughs> Yeah, let's do that. No, 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 continue. So
2: later, Jamie and Mindy are on a date and they went to the MoMA or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, And guess who pops by to get verbally and physically familiar and kind of alienate Mindy? Lucy. Mindy kind of reacts and is like, you are so great. You should have a boyfriend. (laughs) And she wants to play matchmaker and Jamie is not fond of that idea. And he repeats, no one's ever good enough for this girl. (laughs) Which,
0: shut up. Yeah, chill.
1: But Mindy, she sets up Lucy with Danny who comes over beforehand and kind of tells her to change out of a red, full-sleeved, <laughs> Peter Pan collar, polka dotted dress, and like a sexy LBD. <laughs> which Mindy calls boring, sexy anonymous girl.
0: Which is noteworthy. And which again, outside of this line of inquiry, really piques my interest because the fashion choices for Mindy on this show are choices, and I want to better understand them, but I think that's where I later date. On the date, things seem to be going well, especially between Danny and Lucy, and Mindy says she made a good match and all, but does nothing to remove Nazar, doesn't knock on wood or anything, and that is her undoing.
2: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. After which, Jamie gets jealous, chokes on a fishbone, the date is ruined, but he is determined to make it up to her. To Mindy. Yes, and he in- independently volunteers to take her to the most romantic place on earth, the Empire State Building, mm-hmm. which he has saved for, for the perfect person and the perfect knight
1: and while this is very romantic and something Mindy has definitely dreamed of it's also sacred to her So mm-hmm. back to the cold open <laughs> so she checks one more time if he has feelings for Lucy and he's like I already told you
0: then she poses a hypothetical that is so unnecessary she's like okay just just answer one question for me if you were on death row and only had one phone call who would you call me or Lucy this man has known her for <laughs> like if I'm being generous two weeks Maximum. Why would he pick her? He can also just like care about her platonically. She's been in his life for fifteen years. Like she could like call like he could call his mother. That doesn't exactly. mean he wants to be with his mother. <laughs> you know what I mean? Totally unnecessary.
1: But so
0: maybe he does want to be with his mother. But, no. But, but then he's like, oh my god, I love Lucy.
2: And he's dancing in the streets. He's yelling. He's screaming. He's in love. And he's telling Minnie that she's an important character in their love story. In the love story of Jamie and Lucy and she's the helper of fate, and the Joan Cusack
1: character. They then see Lucy and Danny making out, and Jamie's like, stop! And Lucy's like... (laughs) Lucy's like, why? And he's like, because I love you. And she's like, I've been waiting for 15 years. What made you change your mind? And Jamie's like, when I was choking, My life flashed before my eyes and I, I knew. Again,
0: a bit much, also not true. Yeah, just a (laughs) lie. Yeah.
2: And then Danny and Mindy walk away and Mindy says, I feel like if I would have worn the other outfit, this wouldn't have happened.
0: But she's wrong. It's Nazar, (laughs) but also a bigger narrative thing, which we will address in just a second.
1: Danny's like, who told you the Empire State Building was romantic and takes her to an awful pizza place. Mindy asks if it's a setting from Goodfellas. And he's like, no, this is where I met my wife. Vife. Vife, with a V. Stop
0: it. (laughs) Like okay sweet ending anyway, like okay she's learned something but I don't think that this the ending of this episode is the takeaway for us, it was maybe the takeaway for her yeah. on that day. I wasn't
1: personally like, satisfied.
0: I also like that's not the part that stays with me with these episodes, yeah. you know? So now that everyone has these two episodes on file, I'm going to say some thoughts from my head. I think that these two episodes demonstrate something that exists through the series very clearly. And that is the effect of idealizing and attempting to emulate or even inserting oneself into romantic comedies. But, as an Indian woman, or actually, you know what, as all of the things that don't make her a white woman or, like, a typical rom-com lady or, as she said, boring, sexy, anonymous girl. Where Mindy meets a man who seems perfectly compatible with the romantic future she envisions for herself until something or the other inevitably gets in the way. In this particular case, by that I mean these two episodes, Minnie presents a narrative where she misidentifies herself as the protagonist and finds her place as a supporting character in someone else's love story, which is upsetting, tragic, heartbreaking even. But as I've said to you guys before, the score on this show works over time, particularly in moments where things sometimes can, maybe should be sad, and it turns into like, no guys, it's comedic. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And... This also embodies itself in another key tonal characteristic within the series, which is a sense of misplaced confidence for Mindy's character, which I think is totally inappropriate because she's literally, like, a successful doctor. She just also, like, likes pop culture sometimes, so all the other doctors in her practice are, like, idiot. Yeah. But anyway, so there's a sense of misplaced confidence, but also there's a very specific kind of self-deprecation where it seems externally imposed. And while it might not be Mindy Kaling's apparent intention, I think it's noteworthy that she identifies herself in these stories, and her lack of success, now I mean Mindy Lahiri's lack of success, in these stories reveal that they do not serve her, and perhaps they weren't designed to, in more ways than one. This enriches the meaning of the montage where she's watching romantic comedies all her life in the first episode that frames the series, where she's only able to live vicariously through them yet she very much idolizes them and aspires to be them it kind of reminds me of another interrogation scene in season two right where uh, danny and mindy go to meet danny's father and like she gets id'd in an interrogation room and she's like i know my id says i have blonde hair and blue eyes and weigh a hundred pounds but i believe an id should be aspirational which is like a funny moment but also i think it's telling right like this is what she aspires to. Even um in the episode where Casey in the triathlon episode where Casey's like, you know, talking about faith or whatever. He was like, When I got married, I always thought it would be to someone and she's like, Who's skinnier, whiter, blonder? Casey can change all of those things. And I think <laughs> yeah. again, very funny and obviously like not true that she can change those things, but I think again, telling, right? Because there's a certain way that she sees the world that she thought her life would turn out and then and don't wants to be seen. So the question is, mm-hmm. why can't she succeed within this framework? I mean,
2: the framework of rom-coms.
0: Well, okay, one thing we can consider is the thing I said about the visit to a small planet, right? Mm-hmm. When she inserts herself into this ecosystem, it's not going to identify her as something that she's not, even though she might want to be. And so then the way that the things in that ecosystem function will change because she is not the expected rom-com lady like i said earlier but also i think that that is because of like the visitor small planet essay would ask you the way that power functions in this world and things like that because it's not that different from how power functions in our world i think being indian american there's a sense of that that one like being in an american setting as a minority is relevant but also being indian there are a lot of post-colonial implications right so that reminded me of Candace Albalatone's Speak by Gayatri Chakravorty Spivak. Shout out to Ms. Rucha for recommending that essay to me once many years ago. And it's a post colonial essay that furthers the analysis of colonialism to its cyclical reinscription by way of acknowledging a subtly perpetuated post colonial presence. So it asserts that knowledge is never innocent and always expresses its producer's interests.
2: This is also akin to arguments that are made about authorial context Mm -hmm. and its importance in discerning bias in what we
1: consume.
0: This argument, however, complicates itself when these biases do not serve us but instead undermine us, making us the subaltern community.
1: Spivak illustrates this through the language of the abolition of sati uh, in colonial India by the British. Mm -hmm. Sati was a practice in which widows were to burn themselves after the death of their husbands. Uh, and the British put in laws that prevented this practice from occurring which has, quote been generally understood as a case of white men saving brown women from brown men.
2: Spivak basically demonstrates that since we exist in a patriarchal and post-colonial channels and structures and claims that whatever voice we do have cannot be outside nor without them.
0: So when we contextualise this to dramatic comedies and Millie's use of it, particularly like Misidentifying herself within it, it kind of works to reinforce her and like show her what her place is. So, even though this is something that she enjoys, admires, and even aspires to, when she inserts herself within it, the way that the hegemony or the hierarchy within it functions is such that it she will not be allowed to succeed because it serves the producer's interests. And while the producers are these white people are falling in love or whatever Mindy being in that prevents the white people from then falling in love there's one other time that the rom-com framing comes up and that is at the first episode of the last season season 6 where in the season 5 finale she has proposed to Norse Ben and the second the proposal is over she's like wait 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 wait. she has a 3 episode <laughs> long marriage to him on the 4th episode of which she refers to him as Bun yeah. which is not a name <laughs> She says,
1: "By now, you know I love romantic comedies, and why wouldn't I?" Then she speaks about having creative shoes and asthma, and she speaks about having to live through rom coms vicariously and never interpersonally.
0: And the main reason she loves it is because it ends in marriage, and then it pivots over to her Ah. marriage. It goes from (laughs) the replication of like you know the first um, mini montage of her being young, and now goes to a marriage montage set to Batho.
1: Aretha Franklin's Rescue Me, which, which is wild. Which
0: is wild. Okay, why is this interesting?
1: Well, the oh. marriage that she was so looking forward to mm-hmm. in basically every season that preceded season six. And
0: presumably her whole life before the show started, okay. right?
1: Exactly. It is made to seem boring and banal. I don't
0: say that. I don't even think the thing is that she's not attracted to him or whatever. I think that relationship just kind of happened because it was there. And she tries to spend all of her time instead with her friends and at work. And she's like, oh, I guess I'm just really used to being alone. But I think more than anything, it's similar to the Brendan argument from um, Harry and Sally. She was just filling that space. Yeah, and I exactly. think because this is the last season, we see her going through so many different iterations of romantic situations, either um reproductions of films and things like that and she's like oh my god this is gonna be my Harry Met moment this is gonna be my you've got me a moment whatever it is or even like you know moments in her life where she's like wow I am originating like a rom-com narrative in my life they have failed her so many times that now someone is finally willing to be with her and she's like yeah I'll take it but she finds that to be uninspiring right disappointing yeah and I think ultimately that reflects what I was saying through the Eleanor Fuchs and the Speedback essay. That although she aspires to be them and, and she really values them, she can only really do it from afar successfully. And her insertion into it only really fails her. Riveting discussion, yes? Absolutely. Uh-huh. Let's break it up with a segment. One that we are calling fondly General Please. <laughs> The Sea Ward. Now Wait, can we you see
1: might give yeah.
0: the spot again. Okay, I just want to see it again. Cause... Okay. Three, two, one. The Sea Ward. That was gonna be so loud on the mic. <laughs> so the Sea Ward. You might be wondering, what? <laughs> so once did I. Basically, Kian, would you like to tell it? I would. I can I just say I'm calling this a Kian anecdote. Yeah. <laughs> Continue. <laughs>
2: I am and was well aware of the existence of other C-words. But I chose (laughs) to make the
0: topic and title of my extended essay... Because guys, if you could not tell already, we are victims of the IBDP. Correct.
2: (laughs) My 4,000 word research paper... Which could have been about anything in any field. I chose to title it The C-Word. And it was about... It was essentially me being angry and going on a rant about how chick flicks aren't taken seriously and just the term chick flick
0: and you know what that is one of my favorite stories on this earth because um kian and i were friends we were in math class so we were obviously not doing math we were doing this and i was like kian there's another (laughs) (laughs) c-word
1: and it is not
0: chick flick but i think it very much fits into the ethos of and the lexicon of mindy's work particularly how Mm. we are reading it and um we wanted a segment and i was like what better name so Pathev, would you like to introduce the game and then host please?
1: So this is the SeaWorld game, or one of the many iterations of the Sea game. Yeah, there are many
0: variations.
1: But this is my favorite one. Cause it's badly explained plots. I am gonna badly explain the plot of a chick-flick, and you're gonna tell me what chick flick it is.
2: Which like what's new? Partil badly
0: explains everything. <laughs> Pathiv also misquotes us all around and this town every day. <laughs> us intentionally. Yeah.
1: Okay, shall I start?
0: Yes. <laughs> no denial for that game. <laughs> <laughs>
1: girl meets gay guy, realizes that she's lo- in love with an environmental activist. She meets a gay guy and she realizes that she's in love with, with an, an environmental, environmental activist. activist. Do we have
0: multiple guesses? Can we just guess?
1: You can multiple guesses. Is it
0: the happiest season? No. Okay. Is it? That's not what happens in the movie. <laughs> um, Who is an environmentalist? I'm not helping you.
1: That's <laughs> oh, we're
2: competing? Yeah. <laughs> I thought this was... <laughs> no. I thought we loved each other.
1: That's just me. Oh, best
2: of three. Best of three. Oh, sure. it's on. Um, Girl meets gay best friend. No, she just meets a gay guy. Oh, oh, oh. Is it, um, I know it. <laughs> she sure. a homosexual. And then, <laughs> decides Wait, I think wrong. I know what it is I've forgotten the
0: name. No, I'm thinking of the wrong movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, Is it? Is it? Is it? <laughs> why, why am I getting, like, emotional? Is he emotional.
1: actually an
2: environmentalist or is he just, I like green?
1: No, he... he I mean, what? He definitely cares a lot about the environment
2: in the movie. He cares a lot about the
1: environment. Yeah.
2: It's
0: a Hindi movie? No. Is it Two Weeks Notice? No. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> is it that movie that... I don't. My best friend's wedding.
1: No, you love this movie. Both of you really like this movie. Even
2: I thought it was my best
0: friend's wedding. Yeah, me wedding. too. Because I was like, oh, that's a homosexual.
2: Both of you <laughs> really like
1: this movie. This is so disappointing.
2: I, I think. But I was just said... Okay, she
1: meets this giga and she goes shopping. She doesn't know he's gay.
2: <gasps> <Yes>! <laughs> <laughs> an I don't know who We both
1: to it. We it both is. get it.
2: We
0: the both dad get dad it. We both get it. Guess we but do like, love who each is, other. Now.
1: Girl, Pondos, becoming a vegetarian. Aisha! Okay.
0: (laughs) Wait, I didn't know you were doing Bollywood too!
1: An exploration of class in a New York hotel.
2: Huh? Pretty woman? No. That's not in New York at all. (laughs) It's not? In a hotel. Yeah. Second best Marigold hotel.
1: What,
0: what is New the hell? York? Oh. <laughs> um, I was gonna say Monte Carlo. <laughs> that is that could be. And the name of the movie is
1: a pun. But they're literally the in. The name of the movie is
2: a pun. Okay, enough. Now nah, don't say it. Yes, yeah, no.
0: stop talking. Hotel for dogs. It's a pun. <laughs> the name of the movie is a
1: pun. It's
0: a pun. God, I better sound so dumb on this <laughs> one. Two weeks' notice. No! I'm <laughs> guessing
1: two weeks' <laughs> notice two weeks for every so They're in a hotel at one point.
0: New York minute. No. that's How's that a pun? <laughs> it's
1: not. <laughs> just <laughs> New York and then AM. Think pun. Serendipity. That's not Ooh, a pun. That's just word. Word. <laughs> that <laughs> a word. I was going to say Titanic. it's not in New York
2: City. You know,
1: and it's not a hotel. Can I, can I give you a hint hmm. about the co-star? Yeah. It's, yeah. No, yeah, it's one of the stars of this movie. Okay. She has recently gotten married. Me <gasps> yeah!
0: God. You have a tie on that one too and yeah. you get the middle point. Yeah. I guess yes, Kian yeah. wins. Yeah. Which by the way, if you had said that we were all doing Bollywood movies, <laughs> I would have gotten... I was like, and clueless. that was my first thought. Yeah. I was like, trick question? Banging game. Let's return to the discussion. What do you feel we've learned and covered here today?
1: I think we've definitely understood the cultural significance of the mini project not just as a vehicle for like discussing her identity, but also talking about how her identity is reflected or not reflected in the media that she's consumed.
2: And just the consequences of her character, the character Mindy's um, desire to insert herself in a narrative that may not necessarily be intrusive of her in the first place. Like, mm-hmm. That was interesting. Also, in general, should do you, do you want to talk about how the series ends and whether that... Um, reinforces or challenges anything that we've currently talked about
0: i think that because the end of the series is preceded by the rest of the series it somehow manages to do both but i think Mm -hmm. that that's a longer discussion maybe we can have another time yeah um what are the implications of this well i think that it definitely proves as an exploration not like a consequence like if, then, because, you know, it doesn't hypothesize, but it definitely explores what it is to insert oneself into the sphere without being like, oh my god, I've inserted, because sometimes she can be a bit on the nose, she has woken up as a white man before she's woken up, engaged to, like, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, although, I don't know if he's playing himself, Mm -hmm. she's had Groundhog Day episodes, there are a lot of ones where, like, she's like, okay, moral of the story is, but I think there's also many more significant ways, such as this one, where she explores, like, genuinely explores with the curiosity, nuances, and things that are kind of incongruent to her, why they don't make sense. She could have just as easily made a show where she just falls in love. But, like, I think because of all the other things that make her mindy caring and all the things that made this show consequently, that couldn't happen. And I think that it's really well explored. I also think that it's unfair that her work gets undermined because of that sort of tonal, maybe visual quality. But if you have... If you give it the time to like give it the attention and actually listen to what's there... Um, it's an extremely worthwhile piece and it also has the potential to be enjoyable if you're not looking for that, you know? It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. And like I said, it's so funny. It also presents
1: itself in a way kind of like chick flicks too where it seems to be that the target audience would be a woman. Yeah. Because of how it's packaged mm-hmm. in like bright colours. But in many ways, it explores the lives of three other men, Peter, mm-hmm. Jeremy, Danny, and later on, Jody and knows Ben as well, in a way that is also wholesome and doesn't seem to erase their perspective either. Yeah. And it's
2: smart because it's also a commentary from the perspective of someone who has been consuming the chick flicks. Exactly,
1: yeah. It's not just her world.
0: Yeah, it's not just her world. In fact, I would argue that, for instance, Kelly Kapoor, I don't think that Kelly Kapoor is like that. I think if someone else in the office, particularly Jim, actually, okay, if we take Jim as a neutral standpoint for the office, and then we talk about characters like Pam, Michael um and kelly even ryan like don't they seem like versions of them in a story that jim told versus Mm -hmm. like actual people because i don't think other than pam and him any of them are particularly grounded to the same reality that jim is and i think likewise the characters in the show but particularly mindy even though it's her show and her narrative she kind of presents through this perception of herself and then often um often explores like, what it is she's being perceived as or comments on it mm-hmm. as her character in the show. Which all presents a lot of scope for things that we can and will discuss in the future.
1: hmm
0: hmm That should bring us to the end of this rather long episode. But I had fun. Have you guys had fun? I had so much fun. And if you, listener, hated this, guess what? This wasn't for you anyway. You are literally an eavesdropper because our target audience is one person, one person only. Miss Mindy Kaling. I almost said Lahiri. Miss Mindy Kaling. So if you hated this and you don't want it to happen anymore, guess what? You have a way to stop it. Yeah. The power is in your hands. What you can do is, I don't know how Spotify works, but you can like, you can keep listening, you can share, 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 you can tweet at Mindy Kaling and the sooner she reaches out, the sooner the madness can end. If you liked this, you can also do those things. And if you're Mindy Kaling... Don't be shy. (laughs) Parthit, Kian, anything in closing?
1: I just love this podcast.
0: Yeah, you are. I have nothing in closing. Next time, we'll be talking about another perspective imposed upon one Miss Mindy Lahiri, perhaps one Miss Mindy Gilling, and perhaps all of those of us who live in a man's world. Something I have a lot to say. Something, yeah, something Kian and I have talked about many times. In fact, something me and many other non-men have spoken about many, many, many times. And something that you and I will speak about soon, Min, except I will kind of be talking at you. (laughs) See you next week! Bye! Bye!